Smartcast. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's not about the corner office. It's not about the fancy title. It's not even about the extra money. Responsible leadership is about taking care of those who choose to follow you, and that care takes on many forms. This podcast is dedicated to bringing you the best guests with the best advice to help you succeed in that endeavor. The Responsible Leadership Podcast is a production of The Leadership Phalanx. To find out more about me and what I do, visit leadershipphalanx.com. That's leadership, P-H-A-L-A-N-X.com. And now, on to today's show. All right, listeners, hello and welcome to this episode of the Responsible Leadership Podcast. I've got an outstanding guest in line for you today, Edwin Dearborn. Edwin, thanks for being on the show today. Hey, thank you. Hey, I really feel honored that you had me on your show. Oh, I'm I'm looking forward to this conversation. And, and uh, you know, listeners, what I want you to know about Edwin is that he is on a mission to help uh, owners and ambitious business professionals attract their ideal clientele through proven referral, social, and influencer strategies. To that end, he has written three books on the topics of branding, social media strategies, and influencer marketing. His latest book, Referology, details proven methods to exponentially grow one's best clientele source referrals. His mission began with a simple question, how can practices and businesses grow with highly effective and affordable referral and social strategies? And I love that question. And much like your journey beginning, we're going to start our journey on this podcast with uh, a a question. Edwin, when you hear the words responsible leadership, what Mm -hmm. do they mean to you? To me, responsible, and I love this question, responsible leadership to me is setting goals for yourself or your group, whoever you serve, that they can understand and then taking the time and the effort to educate them and train them to become competent in achieving that goal. Mm, I like that. I like that a lot about, uh, so uh, your answer is a lot about, you know, the, the development piece there, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, you can have people agree to a goal and they get excited about it, but quite often, how, how do I do that? You know, or how, where do I fit in or what skill set or yeah, but, I'm kind of weak at something. 
So then it really comes down to, do you know how to play your part? Do you know what to do? And if they don't, this is where, you know, training, education, personal development must become established. Otherwise, it just becomes, you know, a, a failed goal because, simply because they don't know how to do it. Yeah. No, you're, you're, uh, you're, you're singing my song there because, you know, one of the shields I talk about here at the Leadership Failings, uh, you know, covers that. It's, it's train how you want to perform. And, and I run into that myself a lot in organizations, right? They have all of these stated goals. They have all these things that they want to accomplish. But the, the training on how to get there and the setting the expectations and providing that level of support is just not there. And, you know, if, if you're not training how you want to perform, you're not going to perform how you want to perform, right? Yeah, and I think a lot of leaders assume that just because a person agrees to a goal or an objective that they know how to do it, that they'll figure it out. But I think that's the other part of leadership is also being a great um, trainer. I think to be a leader, you have to be someone who really sees to it that they're training, that you're setting an example and laying out exact programs to follow, systems to follow. If you don't give them systems and step-by-step how to do it, then they, you know, they, they feel inadequate and they want to leave and not, not play that game anymore. Yeah, no, that is, that is so powerful. And listeners, I really want you to, to digest that piece there. You know, we're just about four minutes into this conversation and, and Edwin's already shared some solid gold right there because, uh, yeah, you, you need that support. It's not enough to just set those goals. And, and to his point, uh, you know, that that's one of the, the purposes of a goal is to stretch people out of their comfort zone a little bit to, to push them beyond their current capabilities. So it only makes sense that they're going to need uh, some training, some education, so, some help uh, to move towards those goals. Uh, so they can grow. And and I love that you emphasize that as, as a role of a leader. So thank you for, for making that distinction and really pushing that point a little bit. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. So um, we're going to talk through the course of this podcast, and this is something that you you widely share, and I think they're amazing, your, your 10 uh, core principles, right? Mm, okay. Um, and I, I really love these, and I'm going to be completely honest with you here. Uh, these are all areas where I somewhat struggle uh, getting into this, like all of this idea of social media usage and getting my message out there and sharing my content. It, it's a continual process. Like what we were just talking about here, this is something I'm continually sharpening my saw on every day because platforms change, algorithms change, all that kind of good stuff. Right. Yep. Uh, but you share some really great principles uh, that I think, uh, seem to be able to withstand the the test of time. And I'm definitely going to be using this list. Mm-hmm. And I really want my listeners to, to use this list too. So I think it's going to be a game changer for you. Uh, so y'all right if we just kind of go down this list and, and have you do a deep dive into each one of these? Yeah. One thing I want to add, I, I'm going to tell you why I use the word principle. The word principle, mm-hmm. its derivation means that which is first. Yeah. And I think it's important that before you start screaming a bunch of ideas out or conferencing on all the things we should be doing, you know, really there are core principles to any 
activity that you're involved in, whether it's, you know, let's say you want to get stronger and you want to work out. Well, there's principles such as eat nutritious food, um, stretch before you exercise, hydrate, uh, take supplements, right? If you don't do these core principles, it doesn't matter what kind of trainer you have or what program you signed up for. If you're eating bad food, not getting rest, smoking cigarettes, and you're violating every principle, the techniques won't salvage you. Yeah, that is a hundred percent. And again, um, full confession to listeners. This is something uh, that, that I have struggled with. And I can tell you right now that Edwin is a hundred percent accurate because I didn't do many of these things. Uh, my, my followership that I've got right now, um, I think you use the term for, for somebody in my role as a nano influencer because, yes. uh, so I, I don't have a huge following, but I do have a great dedicated following. I want to thank everybody for that. Yeah. But for me, it's been a very Sisyphean type of, uh, effort pushing that rock up the hill, waiting for it to come rolling down. Cause I, I've had to put so much effort into it because I didn't have these principles. Um, yep. And you start off with one that I think is brilliant. And, and again, this is probably my weakest point, And it's your first principle. The money is the list. What is that all about? The money is in the list means, do you have a list of potential opportunities, past clients, people you've met? And when I say a list, it could be a mailing list. Email list is probably the best. Um, and I would even say, you could even say, uh, the people that are your followers on social media. So, you know, people go, where am I going to make the money? And I say, well, if you're not building and engaging in a list of people, then who, then what are you doing? You, you know, you have to have, you know, it's a, one of the first things that I did with a real estate company, giving the actual example, they, they would make money off and on. They would have these great months and then they'd have bad months and great months and bad months. And they did this for seven years and they would, it literally was feast or famine. And when it was feast, it was amazing. They were partying, they were traveling and then famine and then feast and famine. I asked them how, like, this is amazing that you, you close these mega deals and then you go six months with nothing. Like, where do you get your deals? And he's like relationships. I said, okay, who are these relationships? And he goes, well, people we know. I said, okay, can you give me a list of the people that you know that have brought you opportunities in the last almost decade? No, we don't have a list. So what they do is they they scramble when it's famine and they just call everybody they know and then they dig up some deals and then it's feast and then they go out and party and blow it all. And I just said, do you know, if you actually took the people that you scrambled with, and I think it ended up being, oh, about 125 names. I call this the power list, the power 100 list. And don't let the number, I just call it power 100 because I'm, I'm sure everybody could put a list together of 100 people that they know or have done business with. You may have 1,000 people, but I, I always refer to it as the power 100. Right. So they, they put a list together of 125 people. I said, put it in a CRM. Okay actually create a list. Now I want you to start sending content. 
to your list. I want you to start posting content to your contacts. Well, they started doing that within 30 days. He landed one of his biggest deals with said, you know, I started seeing your content. Now I want to do a deal with you. He's like, oh my God. I go, right. The money was in the list. The problem was, is that you didn't compile it for a dedicated contact effort, which we'll get to in the later, the, the later principles here. So literally anybody can assemble a list of anybody that they've ever talked to, grab the business cards that you've gathered, email addresses on your phone, just find the list and build the list. Now, now I've got a primary fundamental in which I can now launch the other principles from. Mm. Uh, that that is great, and you know, uh, say this kind of tongue in cheek, but I feel a little bit of attacked there because I've done the same thing <laughs> as those folks. Because, I, and I'll be honest, and I'm I'm really kind of curious because uh, I'm sure you probably hear this pushback a bit, but you know, for me in that process, you know, I, I subscribe to some lists, I get kind of some of the spammy emails and that sort of stuff, mm-hmm. and I end up unsubscribing. And when I was you know thinking about this, I'm like, I don't want to be that person that, that sends this list and has that spammy reputation where people are like, Oh crap, there's another email from Earl. Uh, so, you know, how do you get people to kind of overcome that telemarketer, uh, f- uh fear of becoming a telemarketer with putting this list together? I, I just say, don't, don't be that. I mean, literally just put out, if you understand your audience, their pain points and you have empathy for their challenges, you have, a purpose to serve their goals and you put out content that clearly articulates that no one's going to see it as spammy. Now, look, anybody has a 10 to 15% per year opt out. Even the best people do, right? They just get tired of emails. Right. But the problem is, is that you're not building the list. So if you continue to grow your list, there's always going to be people that opt out. That just is the nature of life. Right. All right. Listeners, Um, there you go. You're going to get emails from Earl going forward. Right. Exactly. So, but if you understand your audience and you're putting out really good content, which we'll get to point six, principle number six, then you, you will become the non-spammy guy. What people mean by spammy is I'm trying to force a product on you and continually trying to sell you versus add value to your life. Real value, actual value, not, I think I'm adding value, but no, you do a deep dive into your audience and you find out what they truly need and want. What are their questions? What are they struggling with? And you become the gatekeeper for answers and insights. No one's ever going to, unless they're totally insane, is going to turn away people with valuable insights. Mm. That is that is gold right there. Thank you for that. Mm-hmm. Um, now you kind of brushed up on principle two in your first story here. But principle two is the size of your list and followers directly influences the size of your revenue. So let's let's unpack that one a little bit further. Yeah, it's like Grant Cardone says: the number of contacts equal the number of contracts. Mm. So let's say you're putting out really good content and people find it extremely valuable and you have an audience, let's say you serve, you know, real estate brokers and you put out content that, um, 
shows them how to recruit and retain good real estate agents. And your stuff is just solid. It's on point. Well, if you send that content to 100 people, you'll get a little bit of business. But if you send that same content to 100,000 people, you'll get much more business. The only difference is, is the size of your list. So if we know the money's in the list, then the question becomes mathematically proportional to, well, how big do you want your list? Mm. And what are your strategies to build that list? Yeah, that makes so much sense right there. It's, it's, you know, just casting, casting the wider net to catch more fish, right? That's all it is. It's just like, if you know the bait that works, you know, I have a, a client that does um, billing, medical billing for physical therapists. And I said, well, how do you get your business? You know, he's got about 25, 30 clients, does fairly well, you know, works out of his home, has a great business, uh, has a couple employees that also work from home because they can do it, medical billing, you know, through the computer. And uh, he goes, well, I, I speak at conferences and I get referrals from consultants that work with physical therapists and they know they've got a billing problem and I'm kind of like the go-to guy that everybody knows that knows how to solve this problem. Well, when COVID hit and all the travel restrictions hit and there was no more workshops and seminars going on, he was like, I don't, I don't have another way. You know, he kind of rested upon this thing. So I said, do you have a list of potential owners of physical therapy groups? He's like, I don't. I said, okay. So principle number one, the money's in the list. We have to build a list. Number two, how many people own a physical therapy practice in America? Well, we went out and found a list. And we found out that there was 9,500 people. He was like, wow. I go, if I just convert 30 of those, I'll double your business. If I get 60 of those, I will triple your business. Yeah. So he's like, okay, that makes sense. So we, what we did was, is we got the list. We built the list. Now the question is, you know, how did we engage the list, which we'll get a little bit to later, which was, you know, we put on point communication, we identified their pain points and said, you know, do you have the following problems? Do you have personnel that don't know how to follow up on tough collection cases? And, you know, we already knew that that was a problem that, that internal staff usually have a bad follow up. They send a couple notices and if they don't get the money, they forget about it. Well, he doesn't forget about it. His superpower is I take those tough cases and I collect them. Yeah. So when he started putting out that communication, within a year, we grew his sales by 45%. That's awesome. That's awesome. That is, again, that is great stuff. That is great stuff there. And uh, kind of expanding on the list a little bit, let's go ahead and go to principle number three, because yep. uh, this is, you know, again, this was uh, valuable as soon as I read it. Uh, within your list and followers are influencers. And I love the fact that you put that uh, as a true statement, not a question. You you emphatically believe within your list and followers are influencers, right? Absolutely. Now, and, and you know, this is one of the things that um, I'm, I'm actually writing my new book. I don't, I don't know what the title is going to be, but it's about the, the smaller influencer, what are called nano and micro influencers. And, you know, a nano has got about a thousand 
couple thousand and a micro's got, you know, maybe 10 or 20,000. Now you go, well, you know, thousand, that's it. Hey, um, if somebody's got a thousand people engaged and they can refer you business, you know, like, like we, we went out and found consultants who consult physical therapists, you know, one consultant could bring him, you know, that one name in that list. Uh, and we estimate that about 5% of any list has micro or nano influencers. Mm. And once you identify them, obviously you engage with them differently. Um, maybe you create content with them. You have them as a guest on your show. Um, and then that, you know, or, um, can I do a presentation or let's do a webinar together? You become creative on how to work with that influencer because if you can ride their coattails, they can introduce you to many more people than the average bear. Yeah. So it, it, uh, it's what, like what the we call it? rule, right? Say that again? The 80-20 rule. You know, you know, 80% of your results come from 20% of your efforts. Yeah. I believe that 95% of your business can come from 5% of your list. Hmm. I like that. It's, it's like the old, uh, the old thing we all did back in high school, right? We want to be popular by association. You got it. That's how it works. It's, it's popularity by association. So the minute you start, so you just have to, and, and it's one of the ways that I find influencers is I just ask them, are you active on social media? Yeah. And if they are, they, they light up like a Christmas tree. Oh, I've got like 20,000 followers on LinkedIn and I engage my con. They engage my content or I'm big on TikTok or whatever. And I go, great. Now that I've identified them, I can actually put them in my CRM and tag them as an influencer and then go. And then you could, you know, get with a Zoom call or take them out to coffee or out to dinner and go, hey, how do we put our heads together and create some magic together? You know, like what what's some symbiotic efforts that we can put together where we both benefit? And you'll get way more traction than you would just from an average person within your list. Yeah. No, again, uh, I'm loving this because, you know, it reminds me of uh, – uh, a video I saw with Gary Vaynerchuk once where he said, you know, I would, I would trade a million followers in a heartbeat for 100 engaged people with my content. That's right. Uh, That's and, right. And I think too many people do that. We, I mean, and, and I, I think, uh, you know, when you look at, uh, you know, kind of popular media, uh, you know, the celebrities and that sort of stuff, we always talk about the size of their, their follower list, you know, Beyonce's got whatever it is, 11 million uh, followers and all that. But how many of those, your point is, that's great. But how many of those folks are actually engaged uh, with her content? Now, that's maybe not a great uh, uh, example because a lot of people are engaged with her content. But, you know, the point remains, out of all those people, who are the ones that are engaged, sharing your content, liking it, commenting, interacting with you, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I love that. So uh, four, uh, the fortune is in the follow-up. So what, what's that all about? Well, you know, look, when somebody is engaging with your brand, whether that be they opt in, they download your free gift, you know, whether that maybe they download a free course or your free PDF, 
or they follow you on social media, or if you're a brick and mortar, they walk in to kind of check out something. Most people don't buy right away. You know, um, like if you're selling a home or you're selling an F-150 or a Harley Davidson motorcycle or a high-end ticket investment, the gestation period, the time of consideration of beginning to be interested in it to actually purchasing it can be from months to years. Yeah. So if you forget about these leads and you're not following up with them with phone calls and omnipresence approach, meaning you're retargeting them, you're sending them emails, you're putting content on social media, they're going to go somewhere else when they're ready to buy. And in large ticket items, this is critical because the time consideration period is much longer. You know, if I want to go get a coffee, I just get in my car and go drive and get a coffee. It's only a $5 purchase, not a lot of risk, not a lot. I don't have to think about it. I want one, I buy one. Right. But if I'm looking to sell my home and move to another state, you know, I'm, that may take me two years or what college do I want to send my child to? I might be thinking about that eight years before I actually send them to that college. Um, so if there's no follow-up, you become, you know, out of sight, out of mind. And now the brand that is there at the moment when they're ready to buy is more likely to get the client. Yeah. So just because you get a lead, and this is probably the number one problem I see with people that generate leads from Facebook. We called them and they didn't buy. I'm like, okay, well, how many times did you call them? Once. I'm like, dude, I think Grant Cardone said you have to call a lead at least nine times before you get them on the phone. You know, did you follow, did you put them in a CRM? Are you surrounding them with content? Are you staying in front of them? No, 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 no. Well, guess what? They forgot about you 15 minutes ago. And when they are ready to buy, they're going to respond to the guy that's in their their email in basket or happens to pop up on an ad the moment they're ready to buy. Yeah. So stay you, top of mind. You've got to stay top of mind. And you've got to realize that people don't buy right away. They don't, they they want to see whether you're trustworthy or not. Are you going to actually put out you know, are you actually going to stay in front of them and remain consistency? Probably one of the easiest ways that we can determine whether somebody is trustworthy is are they consistent with what they say they're going to do? Yeah. Inconsistency establishes distrust. Consistency establishes trust. So you want to be consistent in your follow-up. That will build trust. That is, again, I'm loving this. This is uh, it's making so much sense, and, and I love the way that these things all uh, work together. And, and listeners, mm-hmm. um, you know, I really hope that you're taking notes here and, and go back and listen to this episode, uh, you know, quite a few times because Edwin is uh, this is a masterclass right here, and, and I appreciate you, uh, you know, kind of sharing this with us so far. Uh, but yeah, well, thank kind you for of, having me. Oh no, I'm I'm loving it, and it, but it, this what you're doing right here ties very well into principle number five. Good service is no longer acceptable. Uh, so let's talk about that for a minute. Well, look, you know, 
you know, good service is what you need just to get to the table now. Yeah. But, you know, people just expect good service. This is, you know, it, it if you don't have good service, it, you're not, there's so much competition out there. It's so easy to find good service these days. Yeah. What I tell people is you want to create remarkable experiences. Mm. When you go into a restaurant, it's not just a matter of taking their order and giving you good food. Yeah. Right. There's a thing called ambiance. Uh, do the people smile? Uh, do they engage in conversation? Um, is the place clean? Is, is the music too loud or is the volume just right enough? All these little points all add up to a remarkable experience. Now, guess what happens when somebody has a remarkable experience? These turn into positive online reviews. You start to see like, wow, look at all the Google reviews. Look at all the mentions in social media. Look at all the robust referrals. And this is, you know, like Tom Cruise's new uh, latest movie, Maverick. It had advertising, but I'd tell you why so many people saw it. Like every time I was on social media and somebody was talking about the movie, they were rave about it. Yeah. That is what sold the movie. It was the rave like, oh my gosh, I just got back from Maverick. I'm going to see it again. Hollywood's back, you know, <laughs> romance, <laughs> yeah. music, uh, you know, fast, you know, you know, great storyline. That is what sold it. And even Forbes magazine was mentioning that the online buzz of social media was what was driving its success. Yeah. So the movie wasn't just a good movie. There's lots of good movies. That movie is a remarkable experience. Right. Yeah. And, and, and so you got to go, well, how do I become a top gun at what I do? What are those, what are those little things that I could do that aren't really that little, you know, you, you've got impeccable manners, you've got speed of service, you've got, uh, you know, this is where you have to really determine, okay, if I'm going to open a coffee shop and I'm going to compete against Starbucks, what do I have to do better than them? Yeah. Well, th and again, this is making uh, so much sense to me hearing, hearing you put it all together because I'll, I'll share a quick story here, uh, kind of in your your uh, your hometown now in, in Vegas. Mm -hmm. uh, I was there, I was staying at the New York, New York, and uh, we decided to go to the, the Gallagher Steakhouse there. And, you know, I'm, I'm a country boy. It's the first time I'd spent $80 on just a steak. Right. Um, but, you know, I'm sitting there and like, you know, I'm, I'm a little agitated by the fact that this steak costs that much. And I know in Vegas, there's places you can spend way much more money. Oh, yeah. um, but here's the thing, right? It's like we're sitting there, we're eating. And one of the people at the table, they hit their, their drink with their elbow. And I swear, like it seemed before the liquid hit the table, somebody was there wiping it up and replacing their drink. And I'm sitting there and I'm watching them like that customer service right there is worth the $80 uh, for, for the steak. That's right. Uh, that's and that's, right. that's really what you're talking about here, right? Is how do you set yourself uh, apart above and beyond? Because like you said right now, you know, the barrier of entry to any service right now is good. Uh, technology's cheap, equipment's cheap, uh, right. getting in front of audiences is cheap. Everybody should be good 
how do you make yourself the person that stands out, right? That's right. And so when people go, I go, well, what makes you different? They go, I give good service. I'm like, okay, well, that doesn't make you different. That makes you like 90% of the people out there. Yeah. How are you going to become remarkable? See, the word remarkable means worthy of being remarked upon. Someone actually goes out of the way to say something about you. Yep. I love it. I love it. Uh, all right. So uh, number six. Now, this is the one that I would like to uh, think I'm fairly decent with. Impactful mm-hmm. communication is a superpower. Uh, yes. But I'm interested to hear your, your spin on it. So let's talk about that. Well, you know, you'll if you look throughout history and people ask, well, who are the best presidents? The best presidents were the best speakers. Abraham Lincoln was an incredible writer and speaker. John F. Kennedy was an incredible speaker. Um, Ronald Reagan was known as the great communicator. Isn't it interesting that those presidents who are great with literature, whether it be the written word or vocal or on television, are perceived as the better presidents? Mm. Look at the president's that weren't that good in front of camera or that good in communication. We perceive them to be weak. If you're the president and you're mumbling all the time, you're perceived as weak. Brands who master communication, and that communication could be video, audio, the written word, the tweet, the, right? If you, what I call an articulate beast, you're just... You're just deadly with the pen. You're deadly with the with the video word or the song. Whatever your content medium is, you just, you know, again, Shakespeare, considered one of the greatest playwrights. Why? Articulate beast. Um, yeah. Songwriters, articulate beast. Look at some of the greatest, what we regard as some of the greatest musicians. Tom Petty, articulate beast. So my thing is, is always work on how you can become better or, or if you're not that good, hire a professional writer or a professional videographer. Yeah. There's people out there that will work for $25, $35 an hour. They can write your emails that can uh, craft your videos. And all of a sudden now you are an articulate beast. So do not underestimate when you do now that the money's in the list, you're growing your list. You have influencers within your list. You're following up with your list. Let's follow up with really good communication. Let's nail that. Let's really have communication that touches the emotions and intrigues the mind um, and gets people to go, wow, I never thought of it that way before. Yeah. And that, that is beautiful, and it dovetails very nicely uh, into number seven. Content is king, distribution is queen, engagement is the throne. Now, I'd, I'd heard those first two pieces before, uh, but I'd never heard that last, and I think that's one that ties it together. Engagement is the throne. Uh, so, so let's talk about that a little bit here. Yeah, engagement, look, you can have good content. You distribute it broadly. What we're now looking for is 
do people interact with the content? Do they leave comments? Do they email back? Man, I loved it. Uh, let's get together. Um, wow, I'm sharing this. Right. This mm-hmm. is the if if it, if it elicits a response, a positive response. Now we know that there's something to this. And one of my tricks in getting leads is to engage the engagers. This is what I mean. So let's say I put out a post about branding and marketing. The guy goes, wow, I really loved your written piece. It made me think differently. And then I can comment going, hey, Joe, thanks for your kind words. If I can ever be of service to you, reach out to me. Yeah. See, I'm creating a conversation versus just giving it a thumbs up. (laughs) That and and you're building a relationship with the person too, right? That's right. I'm building a relationship. Now, if I keep doing that, maybe after six months, it's like, man, you're engaging with my content. I really love that. We should get together, you know? So that's where you got to be a good storyteller. And then you engage with the people that are engaging with your stories. Um, so I make it a point to not just give it a thumbs up. I mean, I try to engage as much as I can. I mean, there's a limitation to your time. If you've got 88 comments to your post, it's, it's hard to write one for everyone. Right. Right. But there may be 10 of them where they're writing a paragraph and they, you know, versus loved it, you know, like, okay, I don't know what to say about that other than give it a thumbs up, but the person may (laughs) spend a paragraph of like how it really gave them insight and go, Hey, I love the fact that you got so much out of it. You know, by the way, the thing that you mentioned, if you ever need help with that, let me know. Now, other people see that. It's not just the person that I'm engaging with feels that he got individual attention. See, so when people go, well, I've never getting any leads from social media. It's like, yeah, because you put out crappy content and you don't engage with people. Yeah. But if you're an articulate beast... You were telling great stories and you were engaging with people with empathy and genuineness, you'd get leads. Mm, yeah. Well, and, and again, uh, th- this has been a great conversation here because you keep uh, it's like you've talked about these a couple times before because uh, you keep segueing very nicely into the next one. Because what yeah. you're talking about there, number eight, <laughs> uh, yes. content marketing is the new PR. And it's kind of what we're talking about a little bit here. Right. Yeah. Look, you, you have to you have to start thinking as if you're your own publicist. You have to, you have to really assume that you you are your own media agency. People go, well, why am I? Why is my stuff not making it out there? I'm so much smarter than other people. I go because you haven't crafted content that gets people intrigued. It's not what you know; it's how you put it together and package it. That's what content marketing is. So. You take a look at some of the people that are really winning with online marketing. They've taken their content marketing game to the next level. Now, I'm not saying that you have to do it exactly like Gary Vaynerchuk or Grant Cardone. A lot of people can't get to that level. But, you know, like, for example, do you do any Facebook Live? Do you do any Instagram Live? Do you do any educational videos. No. Okay. Well, that's a place to begin. Now you're, you probably won't be the best videos, but at least you moved yourself 
in a direction of improvement. Yeah. And the more you do that, the better you will become. And then you'll become better and then you'll do better. And you'll look back and go, wow, look at all the progress I've made. So I think people look at the next 10 steps, get overwhelmed and end up doing nothing. Where my approach is very much part of the Japanese philosophy called Kaizen, which is small continuous improvement. So that's what the Japanese word means. Can I make a little improvement today? And then tomorrow make another little one. And then, well, 1% times 200 days is 200% better. Yep. So I just, I just get people to make small continuous improvements. And next thing you know, they're, they're, they're way ahead of the game because I gave them small wins. Oh, again, that is, that is so valuable. We talk about Kaizen a lot uh, on here. Uh, so I love that, that you brought that up. Uh, because it's true, you know, folks, all my listeners, you've heard several guests on here, uh, talk about Kaizen and talk about, you know, uh, the, the core principles of lean and all those things. So I know that, you know, that these things are true yep. and I know that you're going to really glom on to what, uh, Edwin shared there. Um, but let's go into nine here real quick. Joint ventures and co-branding are your force multiplier. So when you're talking about that, like, what does that look like? What are joint ventures and co-branding you know, how do those present themselves? Well, here's an all too big example. You see, you know, Coca-Cola, the official drink of the NFL, mm-hmm. that's co-branding, right? So the NFL is going to promote Coke and Coke and its packaging is going to promote the NFL. Now, you don't have to be Coke or the NFL to do that. You could be the official uh, real estate agent for your local baseball team. You could be the official florist for your church. So mm-hmm. there's what I say by co-branding is, well, if the money's in the list, what what if we could tap into other people's lists mm-hmm. by having them mention that you're the official blah, blah for them. You're the official mortgage broker for this real estate firm. So you want to look for non-competitive partnerships where you can tap, and we're going back to money's in the list, they've got a list. How can you be a partner to their list while you are partnering with them and they're promoting them into your list, right? So now it's like find 10 lists, find 10 co-partners. Now you just 10x your reach. Yeah. No, again, that is so, so valuable. And and I was kind of chuckling to myself when you said it because uh, the words you used, I, I and I, I can't remember... Uh, their name right off the top of my head because I, I just saw the commercial the other day. But I do remember there's a real estate agent here. Uh, my listeners know I live just outside of Indianapolis uh, that has billed themselves as the official real estate agent to the Indianapolis Colts. Um, there you go. So Perfect. I, I literally just heard that just a couple of days ago. So I'm like, oh, there we go. Um, no. And again, this has been great stuff. And, and uh, you know, your 10th one here. And I think this is probably the one that I struggle with the most, again, mm-hmm. as I mentioned before, because I don't want to be uh, that spammy person that just puts out, you know, automates like uh, 10 posts a day or all that good stuff. But you, you talk about frequency and consistency are omnipotent. So let's talk about that. Yeah. So what I mean by this is that, look, you can say the right things, but now it's saying the right things over and over, right? Um 
and yeah, this is this is a struggle. But the reason I call it omnipotent is because if ninety five percent of the people struggle with it, and this becomes what you're really good at, just the consistency alone is what will make your brand stand out over time. Because you're the one that keeps sharing, that keeps engaging, that keeps offering value, that keeps being funny, or whatever it is that you are, just over and over and over, that is what embeds within their mind that you are the guy who does this. Yeah. Yeah, that is great. That is great. Um, you know, Edwin, these, these 10 principles are... I mean, these things are great. Uh, I really am glad that I've been exposed to these. And thank you for exposing my my listeners to these. I know that this conversation is going to change a lot of folks' lives. I got a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of C-suite folks, a lot of decision makers that listen to this show. And I know folks are going to take this list and run with it and, and make some positive changes. Uh, but we're, we're sitting here a little over 43 minutes or so at this point. Yep. Um, I'm really curious, is there anything that we didn't get a chance to cover during this conversation that you want to leave listeners with? Um, always take 10% of what you earn and put it back into your marketing. Uh, oh, yeah. Is, is you're making more money, is you're growing your list, growing your opportunities, fuel that which is gaining your success. Some people try to skimp on, you know, funding their growth, but, you know, put, put together um, most people call it a marketing budget. I don't like those words. Most people don't like the word marketing and budget, especially the word budget. So I call it a 10x expansion fund. Take 10%, put in a fund that can then fuel, you know, whether it's hiring virtual assistants, writers, videographers, a better website, put some money back into your 10 principles. Yeah, that, that is great. I love it. Yeah. Um, and again, this has been an awesome, uh, you know, this has just been an awesome episode. Uh, I know I've been in listen mode for, for a lot of this for, for reasons because I've been taking a ton of notes. So listeners, mm-hmm. uh, you know, if you haven't been doing the same, go back, listen to this again, take all the notes because Edwin just uh, put us through a, a master class here and how to uh, how to get our stuff straight and how to better market and, and build our lists and, and go through all these principles. So uh, it if folks want to find out more about you and what it is that you do and all of the products and services that you offer, what is a good place for them to do that, Edwin? Well, if they just type in Edwin Dearborn in YouTube, they're going to find me. They can also go to um, Kindle and Amazon, type in my name. I've got a couple Kindle books and I've got uh, my book, Power Branding Secrets. And um, and you can always, you know, reach out to me, Edwin Dearborn at me, me.com. Dearborn is spelled D-E-A-R-B-O-R-N. Um, you know, if you need help or have questions. Yeah, no, love it. And listeners, as always, we will have those uh, those links in the show notes. So Edwin and, and his uh, sage advice are always just a, a link click away for you. Um Brother, again, thank you very much for spending this time with us and sharing these principles. And and thank you for for you know putting them down on paper uh, for people to be able to reflect on because they are extremely valuable. I see how they work uh, with one another. Uh, the thing that I love about them, they're not too different than 
the shields that I talk about with how they connect and work with one another. And, you know, like I tell folks about my shields, you can focus on one and see improvement. But if you do all of these things, if you do all 10 of these things, they work together, they build on each other and they give you much greater success. So I just want to thank you for being an outstanding guest and, and sharing this knowledge uh, with my listeners in this episode of the Responsible Leadership Podcast. Absolutely. It was an honor to be on the show. Well, all right, folks, there you have it. Another great show about responsible leadership. I really appreciate you listening. And if you have any feedback for me, please reach out at earl at leadershipphalanx.com. That's E-A-R-L at leadership, P-H-A-L-A-N-X dot com. Thank you for rating, reviewing, subscribing, and sharing the show so these messages can spread further and make a bigger impact. With that, I look forward to speaking with you again in the next episode. Hey, guys. It's Miriam Love here, and I want to share something very special with you. Check out my new release, All In, the Spanish remixes, out now on Electric Hath Records. And always remember, be love, share love, all love. Available now wherever you listen to music. Sarah Talk Solutions. Ladies and gentlemen, you've tuned into a bit of a different type of show. I'm Sarah B and I'm your host. You can find me on my IG which is Aussie underscore Sarah underscore LA. I talk about amazing relevant conversations and topics and what functions that goes on in this magical, wonderful, wonderful city of the city of angels. My IG which is Aussie underscore Sarah underscore LA. Electric acid.